Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. J.J. Peterson. Hi, Don. Hi, J.J. You know, it's time for us to kind of check in. We have experienced, mm-hmm. what, four or five months now of high cortisol and anxiety levels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Running at, my friend would describe it as being chased by a tiger for four months. Like, that's how <laughs> our body is, has reacted to this trauma, essentially. Really the stress of everything is like, no, we've pretty much been chased by a tiger for four months, and that's how our body's reacting to everything that's happening. <laughs> it definitely feels that way. Our guest today is Daniel Harkavy, my old friend. Yeah. And he's got a book coming out called The Seven Perspectives of Effective Leaders. And yeah. I think it's, he didn't mean it to be this way, but it's an effective framework to help leaders get centered. Yes. Panic is over now. Mm-hmm. It's time to now say, let's sit down mm-hmm. and get some perspective. You and I will talk about it later, yeah, but yeah. right now I want to get right to it. Here's my conversation with Daniel Harkavy. My old friend Daniel Harkavy, good to see you. Great to be with you, buddy. Great to be with you. You've got a new book out, and the timing is fairly perfect. You probably couldn't have imagined the world would look the way it looks when you were writing this book, The Seven Perspectives of Effective Leaders. Can you just tell me how leadership has changed during this virus, during this election cycle, during the Black Lives Matter movement? I mean, it just feels like the world is shifting, and and quite honestly, it feels a little bit out of control, and we are in desperate need of some leadership and some perspective. How have things changed in your perspective on leadership in the last couple months? You know, I think all of us as humans are, our world, our rhythm, our routine has been turned upside down. We've lost freedoms, been completely disenfranchised. We're disengaged from our teams. You know, we don't, for many businesses, we don't get to see our teammates on a daily basis. And I don't know if you're familiar with the term VUCA, is that a term that resonates with you? you know no, I've not, not heard it. No. What does it mean? Define it for us. So it's a military term that was coined back in the late 80s after the Cold World ended. VUCA, V-U-C-A. And our uh, military said that as a result of the Cold War coming to an end, they needed to change their strategy because they no longer could plan for just kind of one big enemy. So volatility, V, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. So I've been saying that in business, we've been dealing with VUCA, as have many others, for the last five plus years, just because the pace of change with technology, because of globalization and how many businesses, supply chains are so interconnected. You look at the whole economic structure of us. We're a worldwide business. So globalization has been another factor that contributes to VUCA. And the third thing is social platforms. When you look at social platforms and how Anybody now can build a platform and they can change the behaviors of people by changing their thinking and their beliefs. So, so five years ago, I would say, hey, VUCA is real. Leaders, you need to be dealing with it. And volatility, uncertainty, and complexity and ambiguity, they bring out emotions in humans that aren't good. And now let's fast forward to March. Most of us had our plans set for 2020. You know, we were rounding into the end of Q1. And March 15th-ish or so, the world gets shut down and fear creeps in. Fear of COVID, fear of the results of this global shutdown and the impact of not only COVID, but the impact of the shutdown, the broken rhythms, the broken routines, the losses of freedom, those fears start to really affect us humans. 
Then you layer on top of that, the forecast of an unemployment rate that would be unlike anything we've seen. We're now seeing fear increase even more so. And then you start to see how we humans, what happens to our limbic system, we go fight, flight, or freeze. What it does is it shuts down our ability to really think, to have empathy. So for leaders, what's taking place is we ourselves, our thinking has been compromised because we have adrenaline and cortisol cranking through our systems, shuts down our executive functions. And then our ability to connect with other humans has been greatly impeded because of that same cortisol adrenaline as well as we're isolated and we're not seeing each other, hugging each other, you know, in the room with each other for many businesses. So I'll tell you leadership right now, it's never been as challenging, never been. Or I would say never been as challenging and maybe never been as important, certainly in in the last few decades. Yeah. As you were talking about the cortisol levels and all those sorts of things, I go back to March 15th or so. And, you know, 80% of our business is dependent on people getting on airplanes and showing up in a room. And we pulled our staff together. My two goals were one, that nobody would get laid off, right? That we were going to accomplish that and that we would continue to somehow serve customers. You know, I asked the team, what does this make possible? And we were able to shift and we've actually seen a 20% growth this year. It's been amazing. Right on. But I remember, and really it almost hasn't stopped, at least two sleepless nights, physically pacing the living room, just racking my brain, what can we do? You know, how are we going to make this happen? And, you know, now that we've basically weathered that storm, we're not done yet. The pandemic is still going. The anxiety is still there. The stress of navigating turbulence as we fly this airplane is still there. And I would say it's probably there for 80, 90% of the people listening to this podcast. You talk about assessing your current reality. It's one of the first perspectives you've got to get is to analyze your current reality. Is that part of the centering process for you? Because I would imagine you're so good at work-life balance and understanding what life is really about. How did you calm yourself down without ignoring this is a crisis moment? Yeah, so, you know, I wish I could say that I was in this complete Zen state of, you know, <laughs> peace 24-7. I don't know that I would respect you if you did. I think I would say you're not yeah, plugged you, in. You, you, would, you would wonder, <laughs> well, like, hey, what's this guy on? Yeah. But, <laughs> You know, the premise of the book is that your leadership effectiveness is determined by just two things, the decisions you make and the influence you have. So I had my moments of panic as well. I don't think, I haven't talked to you much since this whole thing started, Mm -hmm. but I was asleep in Germany leading an executive retreat for a board for one of our global clients on March 12th, March 13th, when uh, I told my wife and my assistant, both of them, I said, hey, I know that our president's going to be addressing the public tonight. He's going to give a state of the union. If he says anything that's crazy, I'm going to keep my phone on tonight because usually I won't do that if I'm over in Europe. You know, you need some sleep. Went to bed at 11 at 2.30 in the morning. My wife, Sherry, calls and she's like, Daniel, they're closing the borders. Get home. So between 2.30 and 6 a.m., I was doing this mad scurry, you know, Delta Airlines. Their website was down. So many people were hammering it. I had two flights booked. I made a flight. And as I flew home, I had real clarity and I came home and I told my team, we're going to do three things. There's three, a three point mandate. First thing is we're going to protect our team. We're going to protect them from a health perspective and from an overall well-being perspective. They need to flourish and succeed in the midst of chaos. The second thing we're going to do is preserve the business. We're going to make sure that we have the oxygen, the cash, the fuel, the structure to move forward. And the third thing we're going to do is wow our clients. Mm. We're going to wow them because they're going to be going through immense challenge. So we use that three-point framework 
And yeah, we had our scary moments. We did a real radical ratchet back on our budget. And we said, okay, this is going to be worst case. And we ran it all the way through. And we said, you know what, worst case, we won't make any money. You know, we just no, really we just ratcheted it down. Yeah. We'll break even. And hey, in a year like 2020, if that were the case, I'd be celebrating that. Like you, we had some strategic bets last year that are paying off this year. And we pivoted quickly. And, and we're going to have a really good year. What you did on that plane, though, is you really assessed your current reality. You know, you didn't look at things through a rose-colored glass. You made a plan. The plan was optimistic, and it was centered. It wasn't panic. I would imagine you made some shifts as you moved forward. The second perspective that we need to work on, the first was you got to assess your current reality. I'm going from the book, is vision. Over there on that plane or while you were flying across the Atlantic, did you have to reshape the vision for the company, at least for the next 18, 24 months, or was it the same vision? Same vision. Our vision hasn't changed in 25 years. I mean, mm. it's gotten bigger, but I say a vision answers three questions. Our teammates, our constituents, they all want to know, what do we belong to, who are we going to become, and what are we going to build? And I'm not going to see it in a two, three, four, five-year period of time. So 2020, I knew would be a setback, but we just really anchored into that vision. We took our current reality and we pared it way down. We said, hey, let's drop it by 30%. Worst case, didn't happen. But can we come to grips with that? Vision doesn't change. Then you move to perspective three, which is strategic bets. And this is really interesting in crisis. So this is one for all of you leaders. You want to hear this. The first thing is you have to be grounded in current reality. You need to know truthfully how the business is running today. Don't become detached from that. You know, some leaders will say, hey, I'm delegating all of that. No, you need to still be in touch with your current reality. You need to know the leading and the lagging indicators. You need to know what's taking place with the competition. You need to know what's taking place with all factors that impact your business. So when current reality shifted for all of us leaders, so you look at this current reality and you see, where is it shifted? You look at your vision. That doesn't change. What you change are your strategic bets. Those bets that move you from current reality to long-term vision, they're the improvements you're going to make to the business. Because if your current reality changes, you may not have the resources. The market may have changed. The product that you are going to release or the service that you are going to bring to market may no longer be as relevant. So you look at your strategic bets and you say, which do we want to pause? Which do we want to pursue? Like radically, we're going to double down because they make more sense now than they did before. And then where do we want to pivot? We might need to make some new strategic bets in the midst of a global pandemic that will enable us to have a better chance of reaching our vision because current reality shifted way more than we ever anticipated. Wow. I want to dial in on this a little bit because you get into some blind spots that you can potentially have with your strategic bets in the book. One is beware of naysayers. Don't overcommit. Allocate the right resources. Also, you need to communicate and involve others. Talk to me a little bit about naysayers. So many people have shifted and so many people have opinions. There are a lot of people who rush into the cockpit at a time like this and try to grab the actual controls from the person in charge. What do you do about naysayers? A great team has diversity, right? You have diversity yeah. in thinking and an experience and perspective, and you'll have diversity in risk tolerance. So what you want to do is you want to identify who's making the decision on some of these strategic bets. Some of these you as the CEO may not make. Yes, I'm an executive coach, but I'm a CEO of a coaching firm. I've got 35 people on the team. 
And I want to hear the different perspectives. And when we place a strategic bet or we're considering, it's never a Daniel alone thing. It's our strategy team. In the book, I interview Annie Duke, and Annie Duke was one of the world champion poker players, and she's now a strategist. She talks about doing a pre-mortem, not a post-mortem. And many leaders do a post-mortem. They look at an event or they look at a product launch and they, they look back at it and they say, hey, what went wrong? Annie says, go fast forward with your bet and assume that it failed. Fast forward a year and a half, two years, assume that it failed. Then identify what factors would have been true in order to cause it to fail. All right, naysayers. I want to hear them. I want to hear them. But I need to understand how they view the world, the business, and the bet. I want that tension that causes us to make or place the best bet. But I don't want to be surrounded by just naysayers. I need optimists as well. I need people that want to make their palms sweat and say, yes, this is grounded in current reality and it's going to move us towards our long-term vision but you can't miss the fifth perspective which is the perspective of the customer you've always got to make sure that the customers are actually wanting your bet yeah they're wanting it you can't get so enamored with your own competencies and you know your own shiny new products that you build something thinking that the marketplace is going to want it without really talking to customers If you haven't subscribed to businessmadesimple.com, you want to. We have an ever-growing library of business courses, marketing, messaging, mission statement, Enneagram, proposals, communication. I even have a life plan and productivity course coming out at Thanksgiving. And we are releasing a course on negotiation early next year. It's a whole business education, dirt cheap. You don't even have to go into college debt to get it. And unlike college, you'll actually remember what you learned. If you are thinking about going back to school or wish you could go back to school, or if you're a professional who feels like you're sometimes having to fake it and you wonder if you really know what you're doing, you don't have to feel that way anymore. We've created courses that will teach you to grow a business. Just go to businessmadesimple.com and subscribe today. We also have to care about our team and we have to bring our team together. You say on page 104, when leaders can effectively convey that they've heard, understood, and even felt empathy comes into play, successful relationships depend on empathy. It would be very easy in a time of crisis to sort of grab the steering wheel, tell everybody to shut up, put their seatbelt on, and don't talk to me, I'm focusing. Bad move, right? Well, yeah, well, you know, in the book, I talk about the fact that leaders, and this is pre, I wrote this way before the pandemic hit, you know what the book process is like. So, you know, I'm reading manuscripts in the middle of the pandemic, final manuscripts. And I'm going, oh no, like, what do I need to change? And there was really nothing I needed to change other than acknowledge the opening, because here's what happens leader. A few minutes ago, you and I were talking Donald about the limbic system and adrenaline and cortisol. When fear creeps in, it can cause many of us leaders to move into command and control because we're so afraid. So what we buy is this lie that we need to have all the answers. Great leaders absolutely know they don't have all the right answers, but what they do know is they surround themselves with the best thinkers. They pull out the best thinking from their team. So throughout the book, I say that leaders must have intentional curiosity. The best leaders have intentional curiosity. They ask questions that, that go beyond just 
surface answers. And they really try to understand not only what's being said, but what's not being said. They'll pull out the quiet person in the room that may have the brilliance, but may not have the personality to really drive the meeting or the agenda. So to your point, in crisis, grab the wheel, command and control. That's a scary leader to follow. I think that you need to have confidence. But if you have intentional curiosity and you ask for all of the right inputs, ultimately, leadership requires courage. And if you see your business from all of these seven different perspectives, clarity, confidence, courage, not certainty, clarity, confidence, and courage increases. And we need that in in crisis for sure. Yeah, no kidding. I hate to rush through this book. People are going to have to read it in order to do the deep dive, but I don't want to miss all the parts. We also have to keep in mind something else that just falls into our blind spot so quickly, and that's the actual customer, the reason we are in business. It's hard when you're in pain, when you have a toothache, to think about the person that you're having a conversation with. And when crisis hits, we all say, I want to survive. I'm not going to lay off anybody. We're going to continue to succeed. The only way to really do that is to say, what does my customer need right now? How can we serve them? What value can we bring to them in their time of crisis? How do you keep the customer into your mind when you are near panic mode? When I first put this model together, Donald, probably five years, six years ago, it was the five perspectives of effective Mm -hmm. leaders. And I had lumped the customer into current reality. Hmm. And then as I continued to work with my CEO level clients, I started to really observe that my best clients spent time face-to-face breaking bread with the customer. So I started asking them about those meals. I started asking them about those conversations. And the best leaders are not only asking, hey, how you doing? How are we doing? But they're asking very direct questions. Now think about this in crisis. Great leaders are asking questions like, what's it like to do business with us? How's your business changed? What do you need from us in order for you to survive? Do you see that your vision or your strategies changed at all? What do we need to be hearing from you in order for us to better serve you two, three, four years down the road? What can we do today if possible? Now, I'm going to tell you a cool story. The company will remain nameless but I'm talking about a multi-billion dollar global organization. We were working with the North America division. We work with the overall global organization as well, but in North America, we do a ton of business with them. There were great fears in mid-March when this whole thing hit. As they were doing their projections and forecasts, they were concerned that they were really going to have to ratchet back. So we do partner planning meetings with our clients. We're doing them via Zoom just like this. In that conversation, they let us know, their CFO said, you know, it's really going to get tight for us if this thing continues. Now, remember my three mandates. The third one was, wow, the customer. What we did was we cut our pricing back to just cover our coaches and our staff for a period of time to help them weather their difficult quarter knowing that if we did that, they could be more successful and we could handle it. We did that. We ratcheted it back. They came back earlier than we'd all anticipated. And I guarantee you from the conversations that we're having, the wow, the customer mandate, it increased. So you have to sit down with your customers and roll up your sleeves. And it needs to be a regular discipline where you're sitting face to face with them, whether today at Zoom or whether you're sitting outside and having coffee or tea with them or a beer in the evening or whatever it may be. And talk to them. And, you know, it's those conversations when they present their pain points, that's where innovation happens. 
because you invent new things that cure their problem, that solve their problem. It's just amazing how when crisis hits, the very things that we need to do to survive and innovate get shut down. I'm grateful for your book to help us keep these open. I've got a couple more here. Your role. You've got to remember your role. If you don't delegate in a way that best equips others to succeed, the business won't allow you to move forward. You will always get held back. We have to know what we are supposed to do and what other people are supposed to do in this moment. I would imagine another temptation would be for a leader to just try to start controlling everything. How do you remember your role when crisis hits? You get your leadership team together. You look at the business in an octagon-type format. Every wall in the octagon represents a major core function of the business, accounting, marketing, sales, supply chain, IT, systems, people, et cetera, right? Look at all the main walls of your business and assess where you have vulnerabilities or where you need to prop up and add more resource to those different functions. And and it's a really intense SWOT exercise. Once you see that, then you have the ability to look at your strategy or your leadership team. And since our competencies change because we're always evolving and improving as leaders, it's good for us from time to time to say what today with where the business is, current reality shifted, we've talked to our customers, we're engaging with our teammates, we're looking at every core function of our business, where today and over the next 18 months do we believe we can make our ultimate contribution to the business? So what you do is you have a real good, honest conversation with your teammates and you yourself self-assess Where do you think you're making your ultimate contribution? And then you get your teammates to do that as well. That will help to inform where you need to modify your role. And the next perspective is the perspective of the outsider. You have a coach, you have a mentor, you've got a board member who's an absolute advocate. Get their input as well. And they will help you to identify where you can make the greatest contribution to the business, adjust your role because you don't want to be the the limiting factor in, in the business moving forward. And oftentimes, you know, you've seen it as have I, sometimes the business gets held back because the leader's not the leader that the business needs. The leader's kind of holding them back. A very real exercise or two that might help some people. Well, I think as the world slowly gets back to normal, I'm hearing in uh, sources that I trust that a vaccine will be widely available, probably not until the middle or even late 2021. And so we've got a little ways to go. But a friend of mine, JJ Peterson, who co-hosts this podcast, uh, has a friend who always says, don't waste a good crisis. And uh, (laughs) I think that's pretty good advice. Your book, without question, gives us a roadmap, some paradigm shifts that we need to really embrace in order to not waste this crisis. What you're doing, Donald, what you're sharing right now can help a lot of people. I mean, sharpening the sword of leaders. Well, thanks, as can your book. The book is The Seven Perspectives of Effective Leaders. If you're looking for a meditative exercise to really center yourself and come up with a strategy that you can use over the next 12 months to not waste this crisis and make the most of what really is an amazing opportunity along with a lot of challenge then this is a great book. The book comes out October 20th. You can pre-order it right now. Imagine on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy books. And we can't wait for another book from Dan Harkavy. Dan, thanks for coming on again. Donald, it's great to be with you. As always, I appreciate you. And thanks for the privilege of joining you and your tribe.
You know, JJ, my takeaway from that conversation, it really was indirect. Yeah. And when you were being chased by a tiger, <laughs> you were not able to step outside yourself and mm-hmm. think about how you're yeah. acting and behaving. You shouldn't. Those kinds you of really shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't pause. You should keep running. <laughs> you shouldn't pause and go, you know what? How is this making me feel? <laughs> What's I, its motivation? <laughs> I think it's time to do that now. Yeah. And I think it's time to sit down and, you know, this is just advice for all of us. Yeah. We need a few days of quiet, a yes. few days off. Yeah. And then- you begin the process of actually sending yourself and saying, okay, yeah. where are my customers fitting into this? Or do yeah. I still have place in them? Where's my team? Yeah. You know, are there apologies that need to be made <laughs> yeah. for things yeah. I've done over the last four months? It's also time to acknowledge now that you're exhausted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was not yeah. that was not easy. We did not get eaten by the tiger. Yeah, we did not. We made it. Yeah. We made it. And now you need to lay but you down. You don't need to turn around and run another <laughs> marathon this moment. That's right. And so I want to thank uh, Daniel for guiding us through that conversation. What, what do you think your takeaway was? Well, one of the things I thought that was really cool is when he said at the very beginning of this, they sat down and said, what are the three things we're going to try to do? And, you know, you're just talking about that we're coming to a time of where we need to rest a little bit. Yeah. And the very first thing he said as a leader that they decided to do was protect their team. You know, they they wanted to protect them. It was them. the same instincts that we had. Yeah, physically. So yeah. it's like, let's all go work from home. Don't come mm. in if you're yeah. going to do this. But then also, I think there's we're in a space now where we understand how things work a little bit more. And so physically, we understand how to protect each other. But there may be a moment now that we need to give each other some mental space <laughs> yeah. and say, like, part of protecting our team in this time is to step back and go, what do they need? What is right, it, you know, right. like what you said, are, are there things we need to apologize for? Are there yeah. some things that we need, some moments we need to take with our team that allows them to really, it's just about protecting them. Yeah. It, as we move into this new phase of where we're no longer quite running from the tiger, but we're still a little nervous and unsure about the future and where we're headed to be able to say, what does that look like to protect your team in that time? I love that. I think most of us have really, in order to survive, we became value-added machines yeah, yeah. in so many ways. Otherwise, you didn't make it. Yeah, I've said a lot of times that our company has grown during this time. We've hired people, and we've grown in revenue. And to some degree, I feel a little bit bad about that because yeah. I know <laughs> people are listening who haven't. And I just want to say there are times of pruning and times of harvest. Yeah. And uh, we've certainly had times of pruning in our past, and we're with you, and we'll serve you any way we possibly can. Daniel, thank you again for coming on. The book is called The Seven Perspectives of Effective Leaders. You can pre-order it. It comes out October 20th. Music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's latest record, Dive Deep Hushed, on Spotify or on iTunes. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. Mm